Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 44 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up with our guest, Akbar, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Akbar Aga earned a Bachelor of Science degree in Mechanical Engineering in 2014 from the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. He is a statistical analyst helping to drive corporate strategy using analytics. Welcome to the show, Akbar. Fill in any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Uh, thanks, Jeff. Appreciate uh, appreciate the introduction. Um, I guess the only things kind of I'd, I'd chime in there is maybe as far as my personal life goes, you know, what what do I kind of spend my time doing outside uh, of work? Um, main hobbies include like work, working on cars. So I do amateur road racing. Um, I enjoy reading. Um, I enjoy working on uh, on like microcontrol bo- microcontroller boards and like Arduino's. So a little bit of like you know do DIY projects at home. And then I also do salsa. So I try and get a little bit of the you know the art side, the tech side, and a little bit of like uh, the hands-on mechanical, which is like. The car stuff is really what got me into my degree, which we'll talk a little, a little about later. All right, Akbar, sounds like a pretty good background and pretty diverse, and actually doing some uh, programming as well with the Arduinos. So we're going to dig right in here. So you've got a mechanical engineering degree, but you're doing statistical analysis. How do those two relate to each other? I didn't start out doing um, anything related to the field I'm in now when I when I graduated. When I graduated, I actually wasn't doing work that's very technical. Um, I've actually probably changed careers three times since I since I graduated in terms of the type of work that I'm doing. Um, so, I guess for me, a the the mechanical engineering degree empowered me to do pretty much anything I wanted. Um, so I, I have been kind of moving around between different careers uh, to find what I want to do. The statistical and analytics piece is probably the most technical, the most related. I would say in the mechanical engineering degree, or at least the one I did at University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign, um, we did have um, several courses that, that kind of gave you the, the, the statistical know-how, let's say that, um, as far as like different techniques you can use to solve problems and gave you like the baseline of the or the foundation of, of uh, knowledge about the, of this like applied math that you need to know to do this type of work. Um, I also took a Six Sigma course in college, which I think is another kind of more applied math situation where you're actually kind of solving problems in the classroom um, or artificially created problems in the classroom. So I, ha- I did have some background experience there. But truth be told, um, my mechanical engineering degree on its own didn't prepare me for this work. I definitely had to do some additional um, self-education and work on a couple of side projects before I could kind of present myself as a potential candidate that combined with um, proving that I knew how to solve problems, uh, business problems in other in other areas and in areas which I didn't necessarily have the background to begin with um, allowed me to prove myself enough to get in, into this. And I guess you could also say that a engineering degree teaches you how to do that. I hope that answer kind of makes it makes the connection a little clear. Yeah. So Akbar, what kind of, what kind of, uh, effort or what type of classes did you have to do after you graduated to form or morph your career into the statistical analysis? I can at least tell you what I did. So I did, I did probably three separate things. One thing I did was I kind of spoke to a few different people I knew who were already in the field who had did uh, things ranging from like boot camps to actually doing like a master's. 
most of the people on my current team are either masters or PhD students, so I was a little bit of an exception in that regard. Luckily, I had access to them beforehand. They provided me with some uh, with both online courses that I could could take, as well as textbooks that teach you everything from everything from introductory statistics meant for people who, and this is a book specifically meant for people who um, are trying to get into the field, um, ranging all the way to a a book that is primarily folks focused on teaching you about deep learning and neural networks. So I got a few different textbooks, and I kind of prioritized in order of what really matters for the job. So I got the textbook aspect and that online course aspect. The other thing I did was I kind of looked for what, you know, what tools are, are typically used in this area. So, uh, you know, obviously you walk, you walk in and um, you're not just going to be doing this on pen and paper. You're going to be doing this. Um, you're going to be doing a lot of your analytical work um, on a particular tool, whether it's uh, SPSS, which is an old um, IBM-based statistical tool, or R, which is kind of like maybe the one of the most commonly spoken about and like... Uh, um, I forget the word, but it's essentially um, free and available for anyone to use, as well as like tons of online projects and material. But like R is a very common kind of software that people use at home or teach themselves and then go use that as a, as a potential selling point during interviews. So, yeah, that seems pretty far away from mechanical engineering. So it sounds like the, your interest in, in automotive got you uh, into the mechanical engineering realm. If you had to go back and redo your, your four-year undergrad degree, what degree would you have actually uh, pursued? That's a that's a good question. I've thought about that a lot. I I don't really have any regrets because I'm glad uh, I'm happy to be on the path that I'm on. But if I was if I knew everything I knew now in that moment, um, I would probably lean towards um, either electrical or computer science. Um, I think it would end up being electrical because I feel like the electrical would still bring me pretty close to home on on the uh, on the I would say car stuff if you just want to simply call it that. That's that's really, like you said, what, what probably drove me into mechanical. It was more just a personal interest, like seemed to make sense. Um, and then, and, and the other reason I think it's pretty relevant is like, especially in this field, which I guess, by the way, I should say is, is exploding right now. Maybe some of your readers or some of your listeners have already heard this or know this. Maybe they don't, but um, just in general, the field of data science is one that is probably, probably one of the faster growing fields. Um, out there right now. So I have a, a shocking amount of friends who are simultaneously kind of like interested in knowing what I'm doing because they may also want to make a similar career change just because of the amount of opportunity out there. So kind of getting back to the original point is a lot of the, a lot of the people I've met who are in this field who came from engineering backgrounds, most of them had uh, electrical engineering back, backgrounds and specifically what allowed them to go into this field was was their like experience with signal processing courses, which I actually took a signal processing class in in my mechanical engineering uh, kind of selection of courses, but uh, but I would say like I think you go a little you dive a little deeper in, on the electrical engineering side, so it kind of makes a little bit more sense to make that transition. Hopefully that helps. Yeah. So STEM Nation, you know, listen to what Akbar is saying here is he's only been out of school for a couple of years since around 2014, and he's already had about two or three or maybe even four different types of careers. He honed in on something he really liked, picks up, picked up some textbooks, did some learning online, and has morphed his career into something that really interests him. And that's the beauty behind these engineering or these STEM curriculums and these STEM fields is these these curriculums teach you how to solve problems. And if you know how to solve a problem, you can kind of do whatever you want. 
And since you're on the STEM on Fire podcast, what is one thing that really has you fired up in statistical analysis? I think right now on the horizon, looking at analytics masters and PhD programs, um, in particular, not just open-ended data science programs that are going to be great for my background if I want to stay corporate, but more so looking at things like public policy programs with like a, a quant side to them. That's probably what's exciting me a lot uh, in the field and, and kind of maybe where I want to take my career next. Okay, thanks for that, Akbar. And if you could take us to a moment in time of an incredible aha moment you've had at work or your personal life, and tell us a story on how you turn that aha moment into success. In my previous job, we used to build, uh, my team was a team that built um, warehouses for our organization. Um, a big part of what we had to do is we were consolidating one of our acquisitions, uh, and we were bringing the, all, the, um, all the products from that acquisition into our company's warehouse. So we had a company that we bought, they had their warehouse, we had ours, we needed to bring all the product from their warehouse into ours. Um, there's obviously space issues with that because most you, you want to be running your warehouse pretty close to full at all times um, in order to use the space as efficiently as possible. Um, so we were tasked with going into the warehouse, um, doing a um, system conversion. So we were converting the, the, we have an automated system that manages the warehouse and all, all of the material handling equipment in, in it. Um, we had to expand how much product the warehouse could store. And then we had to account accommodate this additional product. So um, there was a lot of argument around, is it possible? Is it not? Is it possible? Is it not? And through the process of doing that, just, you know, walking around the warehouse and understanding how everything is stored, there was a moment where I realized that where we had things stored, so we break things out of different sections in the warehouse, could be, we could change where where what is stored so it changes the location of each section in order to accommodate this product it would make us slightly less operationally efficient but it would allow us to accommodate this product which would save the business a lot more money than the operational issues would cost us um you know in the next 25 years so really like presented that you know i i kind of had that picture in my head in the moment and in, in a discussion that we were having when People were trying to make these momentary judgments of, yes, no, is it possible? Let's decide now. I said, well, here, here's something I think we could do. This, this is something I think is possible, but I need to explore it. And it eventually turned out that that is the path we went down after several, after almost like probably another two or three weeks of analysis and really determining, is it possible? But in that, in that conversation, if I hadn't said anything, if I hadn't had that moment of realization, we probably wouldn't have accommodated that project, product. And, uh, the business would have had to keep those those two locations separate and cost them, you know, millions of dollars every year. Yes, Tim Nation, the aha moment may not be something big and revolutionary. It can be little aha moments along the way and just kind of compounded on each other to make a final kind of aha moment and a, and a great success. So thanks for that, Akbar. And Akbar, getting through college can be challenging. Could you Take us back to when you're 18. What are some things that you wish you knew back then that you think would help STEMers launch into college successfully? Um, a few things I kind of wish I knew is like I wish I had gotten some coding experience going into college. Um, I had almost little to none when I went to college. And I think especially with my interest in like almost any back, background or degree you go into now, like programming or knowing how to code is seemingly important. Um, you can obviously learn it. I did it in school, but it definitely set me uh, a little behind some of my peers who already had that experience. Um, definitely in high school, 
And then as soon as you get into college, try and figure out ways to get like experience working with other people and meeting other people. That experience is huge. It helps you interview. It makes you more valuable to companies that are going to interview you um, because they already know you, you work well with people and you've had that experience. And if you have like a good organizational name behind you, even better, let your, your passion kind of be your guide when you're there. Like look for organizations or causes that you find interesting. Look at classes you find interesting and pursue them. And we're going to pause and thank our sponsor, Audible, who's offering a free audiobook. You can head over to stemonfirebook.com. That's stemonfirebook.com to get a free audiobook of your choosing. If you cancel within 30 days, there's no cost, and you keep the audiobook. And Akbar, it is time for the lightning round. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Let's go. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? I do have a lot of mentors, and I kind of bounce around and get uh, advice from a lot of different people. And there's one person who kind of said this to me, and it really stuck because I I truly believe it, is that everyone's advice is biased to their own situation. There's no right answers. There's just the right answers for you. And just to add a little bit more meat to that, it's really just about, you know, don't go and ask someone for advice and expect the answer. When you ask someone for advice, go in with the mindset that, like, I'm going to listen to what this person has to say. I'm going to kind of, like pick it apart on my own and figure out like what parts of it I want to accept and what parts of it I don't because there, you know, you know, someone may say, tell you confidently that like you should just go down this path and maybe there is some like value in just being decisive. Right. But like knowing what's right for you, I think requires you to really like critically think through the different pieces of advice that you get from different people and figure out, okay, what feels right for me. Um, and take that, take that combined advice, take an action if that action doesn't have the outcome you want, you've just done an experiment. That experiment failed. You, you'd like try again, try something different, you know? Um, so I think make yourself open to that. And what's a personal habit that contributes to your success? Um, I think for me, it's something that I've had uh, since I was very young, which is just exercise and, and a healthy diet. And that doesn't mean that like I don't eat McDonald's or like I don't like um, enjoy food once in a while. It doesn't mean that like there are days I don't exercise. I think it just means that like for me, I often compare my habit of exercise to like a smoker's needing to smoke a cigarette. I feel like personally, when I there are days where like when I if I don't do it for two or three days at a but points if I don't do it for two or three days at a time, I start feeling like sick and nauseous and and like slightly unhappy because I find that it really provides me with a with a, a sense of grounding and a sense of stress release when I like do that. And what's your favorite internet resource or phone app? Uh, these days, it's Evernote. Evernote or OneNote, what is one book you would recommend? Uh, I just finished reading Dreams of My Father, which is uh, former President Obama's earlier books, um, which he wrote talking about kind of his experience of, of growing up um, and dealing with um, issues of identity and um, and like understanding, you know, his father and, and how that influenced him to become the, the, uh, the individual that he he is and we know him to be. Um, definitely an interesting book, especially if you are from from an immigrant background. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of growth and understanding you can have from kind of reading about uh, about his experiences with identity in the U in the United States. All right, thanks for that, Akbar. And as we wrap up here, can you share a parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation, and then we will say goodbye. Just remember that your path is is just that it's your path. Um, pursue what makes you excited. Um, ideally, not to the detriment of your goals, but Sometimes you have to find that balance, right? Um, if you have goals that conflict with what makes you happy and excited, you know, maybe it's worth reflecting on if those goals are the right ones for you. And don't define those goals by what everyone else around you kind of expects. Define them by what, what makes the most sense to you. And you'll, you know, 
I think you, people tend to figure those things out as they get as they get older. So you know, if you want to be a successful lawyer, but creative writing is your passion, I think you can be a creative writing minor or major in college, and having that that as like so to speak something in your toolkit can be useful when you decide to go to law school and you're writing your essays and you're trying to like uh, communicate to other people around you. Having that creative writing background could potentially also be helpful. So that's that's just for me an example where like if that's your passion, it can also feed into your into your goals. You know, you don't have to take the creative writing and go become a novelist or use that writing ability to tell stories as a journalist, right? So just think about that. All right, Akbar. And with that, we will say goodbye. All right, thanks, Jeff. I hope you enjoyed our chat today with Akbar. Head over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player. And please share with a friend. Tune in next week we talk with Ryan, who is a biomedical engineer. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM career.